We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app 97.1 fm talk podcast this hour of the mark reardon show is sponsored by gamma tree experts your trees deserve the best care call gamma tree experts Well, you just think that I... We have Senator Eric Schmidt checking in with us here in just a matter of minutes on 97.1 FM Talk. A little bit later in the hour, Gene Evans, who is a roundtable uh, regular, former executive director of the state GOP, uh, former state rep, and she heads the Missouri Federation for Children right now. And there's some stuff going on in education, the uh, State Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, which is called DESI, D-E, you know, S-I, is out with um, its annual report. And we'll find out a little bit more from Gene what's in that and some of the some of the other issues that we've been talking about with woke indoctrination we'll get into that get an update on what they're doing legislatively in jeff city as well tomorrow on the show john ziegler from the um, death of journalism podcast john's been doing a great job i listened to episode number 38 earlier today i can't believe he's done 38 of those wow uh so we'll get john on the air to talk about some of the one of the questions i want to ask him about is the uh, the reparations rally over the weekend i played some of the audio yesterday from sacramento they had a public hearing about reparations and it was just nuts, just silly. Um, and he also had some on this particular podcast. And, you know, Sue is a terrestrial radio guy. I love to promote podcasts, but I do love John. And he made some great observations about CPAC and some of the things that happened down there and has some opinions about Trump versus DeSantis. So that's on the show tomorrow. Also, Thursday, I think I lied earlier, Thursday afternoon, Brian Kilmeade. I thought he was going to join us tomorrow. And we do have our roundtable set because it's Fish Fry Friday. So Jane will be with us on Friday afternoon in Eureka from Most Sacred Heart Catholic Church. Uh, John Gaskin back on the panel on her side. And then Sean Flower is going to join us. Sean has been a guest on the show. He's the mayor of Eureka. He's great on Twitter. Aww. He's a he's awesome, outspoken conservative. He's a home builder. <laughs> which is his industry, but we'll have Sean on the show. We will promote Eureka, which is uh, perfectly geographically located for one member of the Mark Reardon. I can't remember which one. Let me think Who about lives that. like 10 Let's minutes away from Eureka? I'm pretty sure it's not me. Mm, yeah, it's me. That's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. I cannot wait. That's going to be awesome. Trying to arrange. What's the weather going to try and arrange a little golf that day down in Eureka? I think I that know. would be. If you want to join me on the link, Sue, we can arrange that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will but, say, by the way, this church is the one that's right. I'm sorry. One at, right there at 109. If that helps. So if you're you. going, 44. if you're going west on 44, you, you exit, but you would still turn left, right? Correct. So to your right is where the Schnooks and all that is on yes. 109. You go underneath the highway mm-hmm. toward the Legends Golf Course, and it's right there. Oh, yep. You yes. just go to the. Le- In fact, I went there on accident looking for 44 eastbound when I was coming the other direction. Oops. 
It's right there. You know, when we were, this true story, uh, five and a half years ago, I can't believe it's been almost six, I guess, this summer, when we were looking for a home, my original goal was, we were in Jeffco, uh, part of Fenton, Romaine Spring, that area, mm. you know, Pink Elephant, right? Because my boys, and the reason was my boys, I mentioned my daughter celebrates a birthday tomorrow. My son, Aiden, turns 23 today, March Aww. 7th, is his birthday. But we lived in, in that particular area because the boys lived in Barnhart with their mom and wanted to make it easier for them, you mm. know, to get to the house and back. That makes and sense. at that point, I didn't have any plans for uh, another child. And the miracle came eight years ago. So we moved to St. Louis County because, quite candidly, we were looking for school a better district. school district and mm-hmm. we wanted to be in Rockwood. But there was a time, and I, I had this original plan, even when I wasn't thinking of Rockwood, I'm like, I'd like to be inside the 270 corridor. And then I looked at what my money would buy me inside the 270 yep. corridor. Not as so much. So we had pushed our search out even toward Eureka, and there's nothing wrong. I, like, if I had my way, I love being further out, or Wildwood is a great area, but that's a heck of a commute into downtown. And I hear traffic every day that makes me think I don't want to live that far. But <laughs> we we almost, we were about to make an offer at a home in Eureka that was near the Legends. Interesting. Beautiful backyard. The house oh, wasn't sure. our favorite, but the yard and the whole surroundings were great. But it just wasn't meant to be. And it's one of those things, you know, you're That's in that it industry. Works. It is how it works, isn't it? It really is. Because I, I can't even think, now nah, you never know, right? But I mean, the situation we're in, and I should mention the Gelman team because they helped us tremendously yes. in that. I couldn't envision it better, but wow, that was that was a close You always situation. get the house you're supposed to get. I'm telling you, it works out. It, for me in my life, it has worked mm-hmm. out. So I don't know what that is. It's the real estate God, Sue? Yep. Maybe? Just God. All right. Well, maybe that's it. There you go. Anyway, join us on Friday. We had a lot of fun in South City at St. Stephen's. Um, I think for the next few in particular in Eureka, our peeps are going to be out. Let's let's face it, South St. Louis City, no offense to your neighborhood, not exactly a conservative stronghold, but our, our peeps, but we had plenty of fans there, don't get me wrong, but we got more peeps probably coming out for Eureka. Uh, C-Pop in Manchester on March 17th, Knights of Columbus in Cottleville on March 24th. I did get... A notification. Can I say this? I think I can say this. Trisha sent the email out. We are going to be in O'Fallon, Ooh. Missouri, for the one on the seventh. We're going to skip the one on the thirty-first because I'm going to be um, out of town. Uh, but I'm not going to say which parish yet because I don't Mo know if Fallon. I wait. No, no. I'm going to. I'm going to do it. Okay. I don't think I could reference it. The VFW post. Oh, cool. Fifty seventy-seven, April seventh. So now we're rounding them out. Baldwin. I'm sorry. Manchester, Cottleville. Take a week off. I think Mike Elam will fill in that day, and then we'll be in O'Fallon at the uh, VFW. That's going to be great. Closing out Fish Fry Fridays. Come see us if you can. Uh, All right. Gene Evans is coming up in just a little bit. I think that Senator Schmidt has jumped on the line with us from Washington, D.C. Eric, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? Fantastic. Really good. We had uh, You didn't make it to the soccer game. Were you there the other night? I was not there. I was not there, but the the uh, the atmosphere I'm told was incredible. It's great, even for a guy who's not the biggest soccer fan in the world. I was not there, but of course, you, you know my wife, and she played collegiate soccer. Yeah. We got the MLB or not the MLB, the uh, MLS package on Apple TV Plus, and I, I watched almost the whole game. I find it um, interesting that I was you know as fascinated with it because sometimes I think the nil nil. Stuff gets uh, worn out, but maybe like a baseball game, you can have a pitcher's duel. But it was fun. It really was. And a great thing for the city, Eric, just considering all the other stuff that's going on right now. You know that. Absolutely. Yeah, you got that. And then they're anticipating, I think, what, 30,000 at the Battlehawks game. And you got 
opening day just around the corner. So some good stuff to get excited about for St. Louis sports for sure. Yeah, we might talk a little baseball here at the end of this. Let's talk about some of the other things uh, that are going on in your world. And just to catch up, and I should know this, but what did the committee assignments end up being for you in this particular situation? Are you excited about that? I am. So I'm on the Senate Armed Services Committee, which oh, nice. is a big, important committee. And as especially as we, uh, you know, I've been urging my colleagues that, that China is by far and away our biggest threat. And um, they are building up their military at an alarming rate. I've been part of a number of different briefings and hearings where we're learning more and more about that. But uh, but we better uh, we better focus on China like, a you know, seriously and seriously like a heart attack, seriously, because they mean business. They're building up their military hypersonic missiles, a Navy they've never had before. And so it's incredibly important for us to advocate, I think, for a policy where we're standing strong and facing to the West there with China. Uh, And then I'm on the Commerce Committee, and Commerce Committee has really broad jurisdiction, like 50% of the U.S. economy, uh, transportation issues, FAA issues. Um, They're also um, uh, involved with big tech issues. And as you know, we've talked about before, as AG, we took on big tech, those free speech issues, so I can continue to to be involved in those in the Commerce Committee. So two big, important committees, and uh, I'm excited to get to work on those. Yeah, so was there something, I even might have seen something earlier today with some members of the Senate on the topic of TikTok? Yeah, so, I mean, TikTok is a, the best way to describe TikTok It is an AI weapon from China aimed at the United States. The data they collect, particularly on young people, the algorithms, by the way, are different for U.S. consumers than they are for consumers in China. It's wholly owned by the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, it's incredibly scary stuff. And uh, so I think there's some a move on that, uh, no doubt, as we kind of, again, hopefully start to take China seriously, not just on a military level, but from an economic perspective. And then, of course, this AI weapon they have in TikTok. How do you balance the, the question? You know, it's interesting. I had Senator Blunt on yesterday for the first time since he left office. Of course, uh, for those connecting the dots, it was uh, Senator Schmidt who replaced Senator Blunt in the uh, Senate from Missouri. But he was talking about, obviously, and Roy and I have talked about this over the years, this balance when it comes to you know, protecting uh, democracies around the planet, making sure that these incursions by different foreign entities don't get too far because it costs you more in the long run. On the other hand, there's there's a lot of feeling right now that maybe we ignore some of the issues in our own country when it comes to money that's going to Ukraine. So how do you balance that? Well, I think I'll tell you, um, uh, Washington is very much a bubble. There's no doubt about that. And so uh, for me, having just, you know, I ran statewide three times in the last six years. And, you know, I get home uh, every time that I can, every every weekend and weeks at a time and travel the state still. And I think the best way to describe this is that most people in Missouri – uh, they see $113 billion being spent in Ukraine, and they don't understand why we can, and we're being told, you know, protect the sovereignty of other countries' borders. But they don't understand why there's no interest from the Biden administration to, you know, to protect our own southern border, the sovereignty of our own country. And then you see this Chinese spy balloon traversing across the United States. You see uh, the Biden administration not taking China seriously. So there's a lot of frustration out there about making sure, hey, let's make sure our, our strategic uh, national interest is lined up with what people expect, which is to defend this country. And uh, it's not to say you don't have a, a worldview, but I think people are frustrated. And you see this, the train derailment in Ohio. You know, Biden goes to Ukraine before he goes to to Ohio and East Palestine. So it's it's frustrating for a lot of folks, including Senator, me. come on. Mayor Pete was all over that. Our transportation secretary <laughs> has owned that issue. How can you be critical of the administration at all on that? Well, I look forward to him appearing in the Commerce Committee soon as head of the DOT. So is that something that likely will happen, though? Because he should have to answer some of those questions, right? 
He should. I mean, look, we're, we're doing oversight on the FAA. You've got an FAA now. We've got some near misses. Uh, the NOTAM system, which kind of helps control air traffic control across the country, went down for the first time since 9-11. And, and they're more focused on environmental justice programs and climate alarmism and diversity, equity, inclusion programs, spending you know tens of millions of dollars on that stuff. And they're not minding the store on their actual job. And so there's a guy that's coming before to be the new FAA commissioner. Uh, he has no experience. He'd be a disaster. And he, we had him in front of the committee last week. So Pete Buttigieg uh, should be in front of that committee to answer these important questions. Like, why are you making it more expensive for everyone else to travel with your climate alarmism while you fly around privately uh, and don't have to answer any questions for that? It's, it's really a disaster. Senator Eric Schmidt is with me this afternoon. How about reaction to, you know, this horrible thing in Mexico where uh, two Americans were murdered, two were survivors and they made it back here. But this is another situation that highlights the, uh, the horror that's going on at the border. Yes, and I, you know, I uh, when we were when I was AG, we led the on the Title Forty Two lawsuit. We led on the Remain in Mexico lawsuit. And what I would tell people, and you have cynical folks, you know, at the Post Dispatch, say, why is Missouri interested in that? Well, because every state's a border state. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the fentanyl that's coming across our border is killing three hundred people a day. You know, that's like two planes, a plane and a half, every day going down because of the fentanyl streaming across. You've got crime. You've got these cartels that are running the show. I've been down there twice. Um, they have their own, you know, lanes of influence, not just at the border, but into the interior of the United States as they traffic human beings and traffic drugs. It really is a nightmare. And again, that's what happens when you essentially you don't want to build a wall. You don't make people wait to get into this country through normal asylum claims. That's what Remain in Mexico was all about. And you don't turn people back for any particular reason. And so what we've got now is a crisis of the border. That's a humanitarian crisis. And these cartels that have been empowered um, are engaged in a lot of terrible activities, including the tragedy you just referenced. So the uh, the president releases his budget this week. I think that's coming up on Thursday. I'm I'm expecting, as you probably are, a very fiscally conservative document that will come <laughs> out a proposal, right? Yeah, look, we are we are collecting a record amount of revenue, almost five trillion dollars right now. Um, and what we're being told is that that he's going to propose a budget that includes two trillion more in tax increases. It's completely devoid from reality. And by the way, we'll continue his war on energy. And you know, the inflation crisis that we have, Mark, is, is not going away anytime soon. And it's a product of a couple of things, which is. You, you strangle domestic energy production, which is no reason to do. We have all the natural resources we'll ever need right here in the United States, but he continues to you know, pursue this war on energy. And then reckless spending. If you do those two things, you're going to see inflation. It hurts the poorest among us the most. It hurts middle-class families who are trying to make ends meet. And so we expect to see more of that. But once that budget comes out, uh, there will be a lot, of, lot for us to do. And, but I, I, I don't hold out any hope it's going to be fiscally conservative. Hey, let me guide you into, we'll, we'll wrap it up here with baseball. Senator Eric Schmidt, we, we often do this, and I do this with a lot of the guests because there's so much interest in the Cardinals, but I woke up this morning, I just had Scott Jennings on in the last hour. You know Jennings, by the way, have you met him before? I don't think so. He's on, you know, he's one of the guys on CNN that kind of tries to hold things together and is saying he used to work um, in the Bush administration, a very uh, staunch conservative down in Louisville. Anyway, he's a baseball fan, he's a huge Cardinals fan, and he wrote a piece that's in the L.A. Times this morning with the headline, and I thought it was a joke because I know Scott and he's a bit of a baseball purist, but the headline was, Opinion, Baseball's New Pitch Clock is the Best Thing Since Sliced Bread. And he spent five, six days down at spring training in Jupiter. He goes every year, and he liked what he saw with these changes. And again, he's kind of a purist, so maybe we should keep an open mind. I'm not sold, but we're going to know soon enough here in a few weeks, aren't we? 
Yeah, well, I'm, I consider myself a purist. I think the DH is an abomination, uh, but uh, it's here now, unfortunately. Although maybe I can talk to Major League Baseball. The Commerce Committee has oversight over MLB, so I talk to them. But it's probably that that tra- that ship has sailed. But I, I'm I'm approaching these new rules changes, especially the pitch clock, honestly with an open mind. Um, for me, I'm not as concerned about the length of a baseball game. I don't go there for it to be over with in an hour and a half. I go, I love the pace of the game. I love the being able to have a conversation if you and I at the game and still being able to watch the game. But I, I think it's a nod to, to sort of younger viewers and new fans. But I, I have an open mind about it. Look, there's nothing that drives me you know crazy, more crazy than a pitcher that um, takes an exorbitant amount, an, an, you know, an inordinate amount of time yeah. uh, to deliver. So we'll see. But I have an open mind about it. You know, on the uh, Commerce Committee comment that you just mentioned, uh, there's this piece, and I talked about this with Scott in the last hour, too, this Kevin Blackestone guy in the New uh, Washington Post who is advocating that MLB pull out of Florida because of Ron DeSantis. They're trying to demonize him as much as possible, Senator. <laughs> It's, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I mean, it's, but people keep moving there. So that, well, that's, people that's are voting point. with their feet. So. All right. Hey, Senator Eric Schmidt, great to catch up. I appreciate it. Good to talk to you, Mark. Uh, they were give, Even though I snuck my baseball question in there, the uh, the team behind United States senators, sometimes they text Fred and say, hey, we got to wrap up. So I had to wrap up there. But one of the questions, if I was going to have a little bit more time with him, was going to be on, Sue, the story that you referred to during Sue's News, this um, cartel murder down in mm. Matamoros. Two people were dead. They were going down there to have, like, plastic surgery. One was right? and three friends, yeah. So two people uh, survived, but this was brought up of course, in the White House briefing room today. Here's KJP. U.S. officials are in touch with the families of the individuals, but again, we will respect their privacy regarding our conversations with them. We appreciate the hard work of the Justice Department and the FBI, DHS, and DEA for their swift response to this awful incident and for their continued collaboration with Mexican authorities. All right, so then Ducey got in here with a question. The violence aspect of it. Now Americans are being slaughtered. Would President Biden be taking the same approach if it was al-Qaeda or ISIS operating just across the border from an American city? The president takes this very seriously. He takes this very seriously. The FBI and other agencies have been on top of this uh, from day one. And so that's what he's going to continue to do. Uh, when it comes to Americans' lives and when it comes to their, the safety of Americans, the president's always going to make sure that that is a top priority. Would President Biden ever consider using the U.S. military to disrupt cartel operations? I'm, I'm just not going to get into uh, the military and how it's being used. Okay. Uh, one of the other things that came up, and I, I do think that this is an undercovered story right now, and I've seen some of the video, but even on Fox, I have not heard a lot of discussion about the protests and some of the things that are happening down in Atlanta. So they're, I don't know if you know the background of this. So they're trying to build a police and fire training center amid a 1,000-acre stretch of woods, and there's all kinds of protests. The protesters say this is Cop City. And they're opposed. Some people are opposed to the corporate funding of this. It's a $90 million project. So they've set up barricades. I mean, if you see the video, some of them are living in trees. They're damaging property. There are all full-on riots going on down there. And some of the video is quite stunning. But it's not getting a ton of coverage at this point. Here's what some of the liberal media is saying. This is the Defend the Atlanta Forest Movement, and they have events scheduled all week. They're mostly environmentalists who've been trying to save a wooded area. Protesters say they're both concerned about the center's environmental impact 
impact and its symbolism. Some protesters accusing police in this latest incident of violating civil rights. This is the first time I'm hearing on about uh, this protest over the weekend. All right, so that's KJP. I was going to revisit that here a little bit because this has been going on. And again, I will say that, that even Fox hasn't covered this as much as maybe I would expect them to. So she's asked about this. Dozens of people were arrested. Uh, protesting the so-called cop city. Is the president aware of this? Say that again. What, what was the protest? There have been 23 that have been charged with domestic terrorism. No, it, we have not been, I have not heard any discussions about this protest over the weekend. Uh, she didn't hear anything, but maybe the answer was going to be, oh, they're protesting a cop city. As long as police are involved, we're going to say, sure, go for it because we don't like cops. So that's maybe KJP's real answer there. Gene Evans, roundtable regular, who also is involved in a lot of education issues. That's her gig right now um, as someone who I got to get the right title here is the executive director of the Missouri Federation for Children. She joins us next. We have an audio cut of the day coming up as well. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers as we come back in here for the last segment of the show. I mentioned tomorrow John Ziegler from the Death of Journalism podcast, and John is never shy about his opinions. We got Kill Meat on Friday, Fish Fry Fridays continue this week in Eureka. Gene Evans is the former executive director of the state GOP, was a state rep. She heads the Missouri Federation for Children. But Gene, we gotta we gotta work you into one of these fish fries, right? Oh yeah, Sea Pop is right in my neck of the woods. Let's go. Can you do I'm that? There. Can you do that on March seventeenth, which is um, a week from this Friday? Because we can lock you in for that. Uh, Check that schedule. I, let's let's put it on the schedule. All right. Well, I'll have Fred confirm because we would love okay. to have you there. Yeah, we're going to be in Manchester there at Sea Pop on the seventeenth. Knights of Columbus in Cottleville and the VFW in O'Fallon, Missouri, on the seventh. We're going to skip the thirty-first because I'm heading out to Las Vegas. But we got a bunch. We had so much fun with Steve Butts and the uh, the gang from St. Stephen's on Friday. So we're off and running on Fish Fry Fridays. It's a blast. And the show, by the way, the roundtable. I think you would agree, Gene. It goes by very quickly if you're on the panel anyway. But man, it was like. That show went by so fast on Friday afternoon. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. I listened to it. It was great. And I think 
I, you know, um, Steve has brought that before when we've done the round table. I think he did last year. We had those fish tacos and they were fantastic. Oh, I love the fish tacos. Let me tell you, I had some of those. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had some fish. They put a like a care package together for me on Friday night and it was great. All right. So let, let's talk about some of these education issues. And DESE, which is the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, released its annual report on schools in Missouri. And what we're seeing here is pretty consistent with some of the things that we've seen nationally. Uh, these kids have been harmed by, I don't want to say the pandemic, it wasn't COVID, but by the aftermath of the pandemic and some of the things that people did to these students. Isn't that what we're discovering right now, Gene? Well, well that's, that's 100% true, but I think it's important to remember that a lot of these low scores are in rural areas where they weren't shut down for a full year like we were in the St. Louis metro area. A lot of these rural areas... Once the kind of the national shutdown ended, they went back to in-person learning. So I don't I, I mean, I, I think it's an excuse and it may be a viable one in some respects. It certainly was not a great practice for learning, but um, the schools were um, headed in the wrong direction. And this probably was just put accelerator on the fire, so to speak, with the um, the, the poor performance by a lot of our educational K through 12 across the state. So now I've seen some of the numbers here. Can you kind of put this into perspective with what this report shows? And, and there's different, I mean, obviously the school districts are sort of ranked, right, from across the state with based on their performance. And I don't know what the, uh, what, what the factors are that go into that particular discussion. So reading, math, decision. science, and social studies. So the two heaviest weights are with reading and math, and then social studies and science come in after that. And I think it is important to remember that the academic um, the testing only measures one thing, right? And it's objective, and we need an objective test to measure learning that's consistent across the board. But there's also student experience that I think is important. You know, as a parent, you know, you and I know that it's really important that our child feels comfortable and that their needs are being met and they have good, you know, social interactions and great teachers. So those things are not included in this measurement. And those are things that I think parents look for as well. But as an objective measurement, um, across the state, you know, over a fifth of our schools are failing. And, you know, one of the things that we work on is trying to introduce some choice and some competition. In fact, we just voted today, or they voted today on the House floor and passed by a bare minimum of votes to have open enrollment in Missouri. Now, we still have a couple of more votes to get through in the Senate to get that across the line. But all this does is introduce a little bit of competition among school districts so that they are competing to be better because clearly right now the monopoly system that we have is not working in terms of educating our kids. One of the things that jumped out at me from these numbers, and and I can use uh, Columbia as an example, I I think I've told you my son is a teacher at Hickman in uh, Columbia Mm -hmm. High School. He teaches social studies and, you know, there are well, that, that's a part of Columbia where you're not getting, you know, there's poverty and there's not as much parental involvement. So he's got some issues, you know, with some of the kids in the classroom. They just don't care, basically. But I bring this up because this is what jumped out is the attendance numbers. So I suppose what I'm interpreting from this is that if you're if you have 90 percent of your students in school, 90 percent of the time, you're you're probably in good shape to get full points based on what Desi does. The Columbia Public School District has a score of zero right now because so many kids, and I think this is common across the state. There's too many kids that are missing classes. Yeah, they are. They are, and that you know that started during the pandemic. Uh, well, it probably started before that, but again, accelerated. 
And I think, you know, the attendance is down. We've seen before in the past in the city of St. Louis where they offer like gift cards, backpacks, even big screen TVs to kids who come to school on the first day and continue to come to school. But, you know, I don't know if that's the answer. I mean, in, in some respects, you know, canceling school like they did in the Kansas City area for a lot of schools so the kids could go to the parade you know, of course, that's exciting and that seems like a great thing to do. But at the same time, we're sort of telling our students that a parade, a football parade is more important than their learning. Well, sometimes it's, it is. I mean, I skipped school to go to the Cardinals parade <laughs> in 1982 and I would say that, that was too. a good decision. Right. So but but I, I understand your, your example. I, I think you can pull something like that out and say, OK, what are the priorities? But, you know, I, I don't know what the answer is here, because I think a lot of this goes back to the parents. In this particular report, there are 100 different schools across the state, or they call them LEAs. And an LEA is, uh, I guess, defined as a local education agency. So I don't know. If, right. Does an LEA mean a district or a school? Or it can mean both, right? Yeah, I think it's. I think it means like a school district, but in some cases, a school district may only have a hundred students. Right. And, and so, one of the other things about that, and the Show Me Institute did some research on this recently. I mean, some of these districts that only have a hundred students are still paying a superintendent well over two hundred thousand dollars a year, and you know that may not be the best use of resources. The the other thing I think that's important to know, you know, one of the other reasons why we'd like to see more competition and more open enrollment is. We have schools, we have schools within, you know, a 30 minute drive of the University of Missouri that don't offer the basic courses needed to get into the University of Missouri. Right. So just, you know, you have to have two years of foreign language. Well, we have schools within 30 minutes of of Mizzou that don't offer that. They don't have the teachers for that. Now that uh, maybe I shouldn't be shocked by that, but that really shocks me. I, I can't believe that that's a situation still in 2023. I would have had no idea. That's sad. Right. Or or maybe like some of the advanced math or sciences that kids want to need. And the thing is, not every kid wants to do that. Not every kid wants to go to Mizzou. Not every kid wants to study statistics. But the ones that do should be able to. And we're falling behind as a state because we're not allowing the cream to rise to the top in some of these areas. Hmm. And we've... And the other thing is true. So we have that in the rural areas. But in the city of St. Louis, we have kids trapped in failing schools. And we need to offer them opportunities to go to schools where they can thrive. Every student should be able to thrive, not just parents who have the financial resources to send their kids to private schools, but every student should have the opportunity to thrive and reach their full potential. I wanted to circle back to the attendance issue because one of the things that they pointed out in this is, and that's why I was trying to dial in on the LEA definition, more than 100 LEAs, whether that's a school or a district across the state, scored a zero for attendance. That's, that's, that doesn't sound good. That means there's <laughs> a, a lot of kids that aren't showing up, and, and what are they doing? You know, what, and what well, are the parents doing, I suppose, would be the question, too. Well, 20% of our schools are on a four-day week, so they only have to go four days. And if they're not there for attendance for the four days, that means they're only there two or three days. And, you know, I think we can say as parents, we know if our kids only go to school two or three days a week, they're probably not learning. Gene, is it, really, is it really 20% of the schools right now in the state that are doing the four-day week? Yes. Wow. wow. Yeah. That see that again. That that's way higher than I would expect. I know the the more recent discussions have been involved with Fox potentially going mm-hmm. to that, and I don't know if they've made a decision. Is there any way to break down? Because look, maybe there's something to that. I think most of the reasons that the districts decide to go to four days is because a budgetary. But is there any way to break down some of the numbers 
when it comes to performance related to those districts versus five day a week? Do they break that down or not? They have not here. There have been studies in other states and, and people are looking at that. And I think, you know, you know, one of the things that they're talking about in the legislature is, you know, we talk about paying teachers more and they say, well, if we go to a four day week, we can attract teachers. But we have, again, superintendents making $250,000 a year and paying teachers 25000 and saying we have to go to a four day week to attract teachers. And we're like, well, you know, maybe you should pay them more. Right. But um, and I would love to work four days a week, too. I mean, I'm sure you would. I can see why that's attractive. But is that the best thing for our students? That remains to be seen. And my understanding is a lot of these districts then offer child care on the fifth day. But as a parent, you have to pay for that. Which is another I mean, working parents, you know, you were already struggling and now you got to pay for daycare on one day when your kid was going to be in school. It's just it it just seems like there's a lot of. pushing the ball around without really taking responsibility and saying, you know what, we got to take care of these kids. We got to educate these kids and we got to quit making excuses. So is it, is it Margie, is it Van Dieven? Is that how you pronounce her name? The Desi commissioner. All right. So (laughs) she's the Desi commissioner. The quote here is many of our systems are stressed. It's our responsibility to respond. What that data is telling us. So what, what do you do? What's the response? Well, I don't know. Desi has 2000 employees. They're much larger than any other state of our size and our number of students. So you'd think with that many people that they'd be able to maybe figure it out. But I think that we need to have, we need to allow more creativity at the local level. We need to allow districts a little more levity to address some of the needs of their students. That's one of the reasons why we support charter schools, but also I really believe that the competition helps. I mean, all of our schools want to compete in sports, but yet they don't want to compete for students and academics. And having this, you know, government monopoly on students is not improving outcomes. We need people to think about, you know, what if I do better, I can have a better school, I can have better outcomes, and I can attract more students to my school. And we're just not there yet. No, unfortunately, it's, it's pretty so, sad. It's I- so reasonable, though. I just feel Competition like breeds better. We have fallen behind here significantly, and I'm not so sure there's a path to get us back on track in the short term for some of these students who have fallen through the cracks. Gene Evans, hey, we'll see you at CPOP on the 17th for the fish fry. How does that sound? Sounds great. All right, we'll see you then. Jennings talked about the cackle earlier, and there, there were a couple of different cackle sound bites from our vice president today, which were interesting. And it, she just can't fix herself. No, she, she can't help it. Uh, I, it's an odd thing. It, it is, and it's a nervous thing. And I think we, everybody has their, you know, what do you call them? Um, little ticks, little weirdnesses. Yeah. Crutches. Crutches is yeah. the word. But I think it's a combination of ticks and, and crutches there. Uh, all right, I just heard, I just played Sue this message. My friend Neil Sasek, who has been on my crap list, although he's super busy right now, I'm so excited for him. I'm a huge fan of him and his band, The Mighty Pine. So Neil had told me back in the fall that he was in Hollywood to be on The Voice, potentially. And at that time, they were recording things for what was aired last night. The new season of The Voice comes out, and he told me on Friday, a little bird told him that it's going to be Monday night. They opened the damn show with Neil Sausage oh, last night. Now, he's not a straight country singer, but he does a little Hank Williams Sr. here. You hear that, that noise? Uh, yeah. You know what that is? Somebody see, buzzing in. Yeah. So, and the voice, all the chairs are turned around. You only hear the voice. You don't see the person. If you want that person on your team, you turn your chair around. And in Neil's case, 
He got all four chairs to turn Kelly Clarkson, Blake, Chance the Rapper, wow, Niall that's Horn. Huge. It was awesome. Oh, he did a great job last night, and the uh, you know the judges loved him. Congratulations, guys! It's awesome. Well, I'm bummed because Blake blocked me. Blake. Let me explain that a little bit. You can block another judge. So when they turn around, they might not even realize they're blocked. That means that prevents them from picking that person. So Blake, even though he's playing dumb here, tried to block Kelly. What's your name and where are you from? My name is Neil Salsik. I'm 34 and I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. Your vibe is so cool, man. It's like old school country. Your falsetto is incredible, but you also maintain this like throaty, like raspiness that's really cool. Just remember that Block or Blake, Blockhead Blake, <laughs> stole the opportunity away from us. Okay. First of all, there is no proof that I blocked her. There's proof. Whatsoever. I Do you want a liar for a coach? Go, that's the poor chair turn. It wasn't me. Mm-mm. All right, so I was really. That's kind of, awesome. I was kind of hoping he was going to go. I, I really, I don't know much about Chance the Rapper outside of a couple of collaborations in music. And um, Niall Horan was from One Direction. He's yep. huge, young, yep. young dude. I already have a man crush on him. He's too good looking. See, I hate people like that. He's too good looking, yeah, right? One it's Direction. distracting you can't that way. Beat that. But he, um, he had choices, right? Who does he go with? Neil, who do you pick as your coach? Come on, Neil. Oh, okay, so thanks. All right, this is, this is a very tough choice. At this moment, I would like to select Blake as my coach. Oh, yeah. It goes with Blake. I mean, you, you really can't go wrong there. He's won several times. Blake, the, the joke right now is this is Blake's final season. Right. He mentions it pretty much at every turn, and they're making fun of him. But Neil Sausick is an amazingly talented young musician and singer and he's got so much versatility this is why i think he's got a chance to really make a long run on the voice because he can do 70s he can do rhythm and blues he can do classic rock he can hit the high notes he can be soulful this guy and you know what this tells me and i have so many of these musician friends there are so many people like this across the country that if just the right circumstance comes along or the right break. I mean, this guy, and the reason you just listened to the message, he sent me an audio message. He's got 200 plus texts on his phone that he hasn't been able to answer because this thing is blown up. And, and unfortunately, that's what happens. But there's so many of these people that have worked there. You know, he's a professional musician. This is what he does. But he's got to do gigs and, you know, travel and go from one bar to another. So it's kind of exciting to see him that's in the limelight great. like this. Uh, that is not my audio cut of the day. We'll do something different for that here. Now, the audio cut of the day. Sponsored by the Good Feet Store, where it's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. Courtesy Bill Maher, interviewing Bernie Sanders. We're going to talk about this a little bit more tomorrow with John Ziegler. Are we confusing equality of opportunity with trying to guarantee equity and outcomes? Okay, that's interesting, because I think this word equity has come into the language in the last few years, and before that, we didn't hear it a lot. And I think a lot of people hear equity and they hear equality. That, like it's the same word, and it's not the same word in the same c- concept. So how would you differentiate between equity and equality? Well, equality, we talk about, uh, I don't know what the answer to that is. <laughs> Come to think of it, you know, 
uh, equality is equality of opportunity. All right? We live in a society we want all people right. to have whatever color your skin is. Equity, I think, is more a guarantee of outcome, is it not? I yeah, think, I think so. I think that's okay. Fine. So, which do you come? Which side do you come down on? Oh, uh, equality. Equality. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So awkward. Cancel Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden and his administration are all about equity, that's not right. equality. We'll talk about it with Zig tomorrow. Have a great night. Audio cut of the day, sponsored by the Good Feet Store. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 